0: Hello, welcome to the As I Say podcast. My name is Björn and together with my brother David, we interviewed another David. He's from Uganda. He's from Kampala, Uganda. His name is David Shibalama and he's the founder of an orphanage called Christos Children's Center. Now, we did this interview the second time, the first time... um, I frankly did not record it, and um, it was a mistake, and David was so kind to do it again with me. I'm very grateful, and um, yeah, this is a very interesting interview. You can tell by his voice how kind he is, how loving he is, and I just want to become great great friends with him and meet him. Now, listen up. We'll be right back after my cousin Levin. He's six, almost six. To my after Levin plays the drums. So stay tuned. what has it been like growing up in, in Uganda?
1: Okay. I will, I will say,
2: I thank God for having been raised in Uganda. Like all fellow Ugandans, I have, I have been able to understand the true meaning of life and making use or utilizing the available resources for me to make it in life. So I should say I'm comfortable with what I look around with. I am able to improvise with the little that God has provided us in Uganda. And out of appreciating that little we have around us, we are able to get where we are right now.
0: And um, and uh, I, I I like how you know how grateful you are because uh, I think most people when they think of uh, African countries think of poverty and maybe just go to see. Um, as tourists, and uh, they don't really see uh, what you what you see, and um, so I was going to ask you um, about uh, your your family. I know last time we talked about the meaning of family for you within your organization and also for you, but how did you get to that? How did your mother teach you,
2: or how, how were you raised? um i come from a small family our family is about uh we were raised four in the same family so it's not too big a family but coming up or having the desire to work and uh, have a big family like the crystal family is I think it's just a calling from God, I term it as a calling from God, because it's not easy waking up in the morning and you're having over 30-40 children around you, each child is eager to make sure he or she lets you know, daddy this, daddy that, daddy I have pain here, daddy so and so beat me. Daddy, I feel sick. And you're in position to listen to each and everyone's point that he or she is trying to draw before you. Right. So it's a calling and a calling we, or I should say, I loved. And as a result of loving it, I have made it a point to ensure that we all love each other within our family of Christ. Volunteers that have had a chance to come and visit us have become a part of our family. Um, people that have contributed, we've had people that have donated anonymously, but we still believe they are part of our family and we continue to embrace them as our sisters and brothers right basically we are one family full of love and this is something that we have made sure all our children get used to none of them can see a, a fellow child say having fallen down and just looks on because we love each other everyone rushes to help out so we are a family and we are full of love. <laughs> it's love that binds us all into one family.
0: That's beautiful. Um thank you. Yeah. And uh and then so for the listeners, why don't we talk about um so Crystals was founded in two thousand six. Ah, uh, sixteen. Sorry, uh, and, uh, and how how did how did that happen?
2: How did you make that happen? Okay. My name is David Chivalama. Right. I am the founder of uh, Crystal Children's Center. Crystal Children's Center was started up in two thousand and sixteen. Um, I sat down with my wife having asked ourselves the question how best can we give back to God seeing so many abandoned children over TV stations a child has been rescued having been dumped in a pit latrine or by the streets or in garbage pits so we chose to give back to god by bringing together such abandoned children and giving them love or creating what we what could be termed as a home for them where the rest of the world had given up on them so in 2016 We put together our savings, rented a home, furnished it. We notified the authorities in the Ugandan government of our intentions of working together with them. And since 2016, through our hands, through the home, through Crystal Children's Center, we have been able to rescue more than a hundred children, of which children, we don't keep them within the center, but in a way to avoid institutionalization of abandoned and vulnerable children, we've worked as per guidelines of our government under the Ministry of Labor, Gender and Social Development, where over the a hundred children, we've kept receiving them, we would rescue them, rehabilitate them, offer homeschooling, and in the process of doing all that, we trace for possible relatives. Those whose relatives have been identified, we have resettled these children. Those, while others, we've reintegrated them with relatives and not basically their biological parents. We've also had others that have gone into foster care towards adoption by our local Ugandan families. So this is how we started Crystal Children's Center. Yeah. And when we had it running, we, I think, spoke to a number of our friends. I believe this was when we were starting the entire project. We spoke to a number of our friends, like one of my American good friend, Crystal, who backed me up financially in different areas where I needed support. And later on, other people kept joining as volunteers, and of which out of they that simply came to volunteer, I think is where... We were able to pick someone that is now our European ambassador. She has been to Crystal Children's Center from Bulgaria almost three different times. So we became a family. And that is how we started up Crystal Children's Center. And we are five years down the road and working under the guidelines of the government of Uganda
0: and uh and the and the children that you um are that you part that you're trying to find um relatives with out of the hundred children you talked about um are most of them going back to relatives or are they going to uh foster families
2: um it depends. To those
1: whose families
2: have been identified or whose relatives have been identified, we have the children resettled within those communities. They are those we try to trace their parents or relatives and we totally fail to trace them. These are the ones that are adopted by other Ugandan families.
0: Got it, and uh, and the the foster families. Um, I know we talked about kind of the trust it takes for you to um, basically trust another family to take care of the child that you may have taken care of for you know we years or or. So how do you make ensure that the foster family is the right family for? One of your children, or
2: Crystal's children. Um. Basically, we it's not us that choose these foster families. Most of the times, it has been authorities in the probation office of uh, children's affairs in Uganda we hold or we have a probation officer there. Um, Other times we work with the, oh, I tend to forget. Basically it's a senior probation officer. It is them that identify the families. They then twin the families to the center and alongside us and the probation office, we pay visits to their homes. We try to find investigate how do they stand financially? Will they be in position to take care of our babies if we accepted them to take on the children? How many children they might have been in possession within their homes? Would the children welcome the children that are not biological to them. So basically we make social inquiries as well within those potential adoptive parents. And when we discover that a particular parent is deemed fit to take on a child, the fostering begins. And then later, paperwork is processed for full adoption of the child. Got that is it. how the process goes on.
0: And um, so for for uh, working or for a volunteer or for you, I know uh, last time we texted you said, um, I think Monday you were going to the village. How long, oh, what does a day look for you when you're at the village working with the children? Uh, teaching the children. uh, What does a day look like for you when
2: you're there? Basically, every single moment I woke up. First of all, I will want to put this correct. When I said I was going to the village, I didn't mean going to the center oh okay the center is apparently in an urban area ah Uh, the other village was my village where i am born oh so you visited however to have your question yes yes so to answer your question how does my day look like waking up in the morning and i'm like i'm heading to the center first of all Away from my home, it's just a five or 10 minutes drive to the children's center. And uh, a typical day when I have to be there, as soon as I walk into the the compound, I definitely am welcomed by hugs by almost every child. (laughs) Others are kneeling down to say, "Good good morning, daddy, good morning, daddy, good morning, daddy. Um, then I give them some time to listen to almost everyone. At that point of time, every child has something either to report or one has pain somewhere and is telling you, Daddy, I have pain here, or Daddy, I have this or the other. So you begin from the babies and listening to them to moving around their home to see how the rest of the employees have gone on with the cleanliness of the place, um, trying to find out which child might not be well, or if any of the caretakers might have identified a particular child whose health has had an issue and may need medical attention. So basically you keep doing that then perhaps later maybe you get into the administrative work to see this and the other check emails and at the end of it all that is how i spend my day i wish
0: i wish i had a job where i would go in and i just get greeted by hugs that's what (laughs) i want My my brother oh, David he doesn't get he doesn't give me a hug. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh. <laughs> so well, the day you I, will I come to the Uganda, dark. the day you will come to Uganda, you will be welcomed by hugs from all the babies. <laughs> I'm
0: looking forward to that. We um actually David. Yesterday every Wednesday now we um cook a dish and we made yesterday David he wanted to try uh, what was it called you can you can talk louder
2: ugali 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 okay that's uh that's our maize flour posho we term it as posho
1: posho maize flour yes. maize flour. it was delicious it's super filling
2: <laughs> oh yes, it's something good. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> no worries. All right. Um. And then.
0: So, the advantage ch- we um. What's one of some of the, the story? What's your maybe your favorite story that you can share? Um. Of how you went through the whole process from the beginning of a child of finding the child to um, returning the child to their family or finding a, um, a, a proper foster family. Do you have a story that you, can, that you can share?
2: A story? Definitely, I have so many stories. I'll give you two stories. All right, I'm listening. One of the biggest touching and inspiring stories is of one girl called Blessing. Um, We rescued this beautiful baby having received a call from the police station that there had been a child that had been dumped in a pit latrine That is an African toilet that is over 80 feet deep. When the mother gave birth to the child, possibly the mother didn't have any financial support, she decided to dump the baby into the pit latrine to kill the child. But the child was lucky enough she didn't drown in the toilets, but was rather heard by passerby crying from the pitler train. So they notified the authorities, that is the fire brigade and police, who dug up the toilet and rescued the baby's life. And the baby was rushed to the hosp- nearby clinic for first aid and treatment. And it is from there that we were they they handed the baby over to us. Um, The baby was a couple of hours born at that point of time. And we raised the little girl for three years. And after three years, she grew up into a very beautiful girl. (laughs) It broke it broke my heart or it would keep breaking my heart whenever she would run before you,
1: just to give you a
2: hug, to say good morning. But because within your, your brain, you still remember how you rescued her life. Sometimes you would thank God for her being alive but away from her, you would feel heartbroken. Why someone would choose to end another person's life simply because he or she cannot afford to take care of that child. But I am happy that we were able to find a foster family for blessing. And today she's happy somewhere with a loving family irrespective of the fact that her biological mother had chosen the best gift to give her, that is to take her life away from her. But we believe someday she will turn into someone important that could create a big contribution to our nation, Uganda. So that inspires me so much. And whenever I remember how happy she walked out of the gates of the children's center, it makes me yearn and pray to God that I could help save more lives.
1: Yeah. That that does that sound that's a very beautiful story.
2: Yes. Um about um I should say two years, about a year back not two, but just one year back ago, or a year ago, we still received a phone call from the police. Um, they were letting us know that there is a baby that has been identified, having been dumped in a garbage pit. This baby was wrapped in a polythene bag with the intentions of making the baby suffocate and pass and die. But people that were passing by the garbage pit were in position to identify the baby when they heard the baby cry from the garbage pit In a polythene bag, the baby was wrapped out, saved and rushed to the police station from where we have rehabilitated and helped the baby grow. Today, he's almost a year and a half. He's getting into two years. But this is
1: a very beautiful baby boy that is always happy. But when I remember
2: how his life was saved and how far we have raised him, I give glory to God. And I'm like, God, help me save more lives and help us find him A good family, if his parents chose to had chosen to simply kill him. So there are so many stories. Yeah.
1: Because every
2: child within the center has a reason as of to why
1: he or she is at the children's center, or for how or why
2: he was rescued and is undergoing rehabilitation at the children's center so those are my two stories for the day
0: yeah yeah it's uh um it that's that's something i c- couldn't even think of which i which is kind of also why i want to do this podcast to listen to more stories Uh or not just stories but to listen to someone else's point of view of what life is like in other countries mm. um now with the challenges that you talked about there are um what are what are some of the challenges of running the ngo because you like you said you wish you could save a lot more lives but first of all okay go on um but um there, the the challenges that are financial or, how? What are some of the, what are some of the costs that you have to uh, take in consideration when taking on
1: a new child? I will begin with why are children abandoned? The main reason as to why there are so many children
2: abandoned in Uganda is poverty. Because the biggest percentage of Ugandans lie under or below the poverty line. So many women get unwanted pregnancies
1: for someone
2: to earn what to eat a day or for someone to be able to have two or three meals a day. To some women, they choose to
1: go into prostitution. As a result, some of them get unwanted pregnancies. They choose to
2: raise the children for the nine months and later abandon the children other children are abandoned because they are HIV positive. When the parent realizes he or she is HIV positive and the child she has given birth to is HIV positive, one chooses to abandon the child so that he or she can survive undergoing expenses of treating or taking care of that child. So as a result of that, there are a number of cases. We've had mothers that have been arrested having abandoned their children simply because the excuse they give is they were, they were just raped. They conceived after they, were, they had gotten raped. That means one
1: received or gave birth to an unwanted baby. Now,
2: Where the challenge comes to us as the children's center, we sometimes, or we receive big numbers of children sometimes, yet as per, for instance, our admission policy before any child is admitted into the children's center, that child must undergo a medical checkup. Should that child be found sick, that means we must first treat that child. Before the child is fully settled within the center itself. Now, you realize the center is apparently still renting where it is. We haven't had our own permanent structures. So that means we have to pay rent. You must pay medical bills for all the children that are in the center. You must have sufficient food, they should eat and feel satisfied, so there should be enough food for them. Their utility costs that include paying for the water bills, paying for the power bills, um, paying for gas. Um, You realize there is still need for salaries for the employees, the caretakers of these children, so that they too don't get fed up of taking care of them.
1: So as a result, the list of our needs are always endless.
2: And this is why at the moment we are always appealing or even up to now we are appealing to different donors, whoever can contribute anything, it would really bridge up a big gap into the welfare of each child. Because from the newborns, they take up a lot of milk. You must have so many diapers for them. Their medication is so costly as well. Yet, you must also look at clothing for each and every child. We take care of children from day one or one that is a day old to children that are over 12 years of
1: age. All these children need clothing. They need beddings. So our list of needs is endless. And yet...
2: People shipping donations into the country turns out to be more expensive because our country also charges taxes on our donations. That is why most of the times we urge people to simply donate money so that we can buy whatever is needed in the children's center locally from our own markets around here. Otherwise, one could raise tons of clothes you end up paying taxes for them, yet
1: initially they are going to the children's center. You pay taxes so, for the clothes. Yes, as long as it's a donation, you must pay taxes for it.
0: Wow, I would, I wouldn't even think that. <laughs> wow. Yes. That's- it is. That's. Yeah. So you really have. Even if when people come in there, you, there are costs. Even when people want to help you, there are taxes. That is that is um unimaginable to to me. Because essentially, mm-hmm. they're clothes that you can give to the children. But I don't see how the government should profit or take or benefit from that?
2: Mm -hmm. It's quite hard. I think the reason why they chose to tax them, possibly there might have been some people that disguised themselves in receiving clothes for charity and they instead sell them. Mm. Maybe that is why they chose to have donations also taxed.
0: Okay yeah that's that's uh that's very <laughs> that's very interesting um that when when you talk about um volunteer not everyone obviously can afford to fly to uganda to volunteer so then it's probably best to donate
2: um right that's absolutely right the donate button on our v- website um, would really help us out so much. One can easily donate and we receive the funds. We could then budget for it and use it appropriately where most need is. Mm.
0: And, and volunteers, yeah. how
2: long do they normally stay with you? Um, most of the times it depends on one's affordability for upkeep in the country. But in the past, we've had volunteers that have been in Uganda for eight weeks. We've had others here for 12 weeks. And we've always had them leave the country having done the best of their efforts with the children. Or tried their best to ensure that there is development with the children, and even themselves learning from our country what things are like in Africa. Because children's centers in the USA or Germany are in a by far better structure than children's center within the country Uganda. I must fend, I must look for people to support the center or to support the children financially, or I must find food for the children by myself
1: as a director of a private children's center.
2: Because the government prioritizes other bigger issues The issue of you starting up a private children's center, it is termed as a private center, just like I mentioned. If you can't afford to take care of them, the government says, surrender them to the government so that the government can find them another center. For instance, their government center run children's homes. So sometimes they'll tell you, surrender them. And we'll give them out to government-run children's centers. Mm. But if it's a calling and you love your children, you just can't do that. <laughs> you must devise means to find a way to help them. because <laughs> things are always not easy everywhere. No. when you' bond no. your children, you just can't wake up in the morning and you're like, "I'm giving you, I'm giving up on you." until you're sure maybe you found a foster family for a child so something like that
0: yeah yeah that's um yeah that the volunteering i um there's some people who just there's selfish volunteering and then there's volunteering who actually care about doing good to uh for others and being there and for other to improve other lives. And I think volu- volunteering that, that is only maybe a week or two doesn't do any good, right, to you or your children.
1: Um,
2: me, myself, I always tell people around me, and I still repeat it, If you dare say, I'm going to volunteer in a center for a week or two,
1: I would feel you are just touring.
2: There is need for someone to say I'm dedicating, let's say a full month for you to study understand the impacts, understand the hardships, understand the problems people are going through, then support them
1: accordingly. But a week is similar to you coming into the country,
2: go to the national park and see animals and walk away. It turns out to be meaningless. Yeah. That is why most of the times my suggestion some of the times is the money you would have spent to volunteer for a week, donate it to the center so that it can benefit a number
1: of children. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's I uh, I don't think a lot of people uh, think about that when they, when they do that. Um, now, to you, um, I, I'm, we, I, we, you already gave us so much time, and you already answered uh, pretty much all of the questions. So, would you say the value that you live by for yourself, and that you teach to your to your own children, and to the and your children at Crystals, uh, would you say family? that's the that's your core value
2: to that um, will carry through I think life i consider a selflessness family whatever i have i share it with the rest of the children whatever our family has beat our clothes the clothes of my own biological children, I would find it not a problem sharing it with the children at the center if they don't have. Yeah. So we, we learn to share right from my own home. This is where the charity begins. I take it to them and they too share. I sit down and share the same meals with them when I am there. I could even ensure I have dinner with them. So we share almost everything. Yeah. As a family, we take family together.
0: That that's, that's so good to hear because here in, so our family, we, for example, we always eat dinner together. That's, that's our time. We have, when we, we always try to make our best so we can spend time as a family together. Um, now, I mm-hmm. worked at a lot of restaurants in, here in the US to, um, to kind of pay for expenses for, for me going to university. And mm-hmm. a lot of, I see a lot, you see a lot of families in America who just set up a computer or an iPad in front of the child while the parents are talking, but they don't talk. They don't talk to the child. And I think that is that is hard. That is, I think that's heartbreaking.
2: What do you think of that? Yes, it is indeed. It's indeed
1: very heartbreaking for sure. It's it's a very it normal would, thing you'd, to you'd feel. Fear. <laughs> Wow, it's challenging yeah
0: now um let me what how so how can people i know you have an instagram page on um on social media and then you have your website um how can what what what's the name of the website and what's the instagram to where can maybe how can people get in touch with you how can they donate
2: Basically um our website is uh, com and um it's at our website that there is the donate button through either PayPal so one is able to get there and donate any coin or any coin one feels comfortable with towards supporting the running or the smooth running of the entire institution or the center itself. Okay. And of course, if you Google Crystal Children's Center, Seguku, we will pop up. Okay. Our website is there. We are on Twitter, hashtag Crystal Children's Center. We are on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, Crystal Children's Center. We have a group as well, Crystal Children's Center. Yeah. So almost every social media platform, you are able to find us there. And when you get to our website, it will link you to the Twitter. It will link you to Instagram to mention that of few Awesome.
0: Yeah, so um, yeah, I'll definitely, I'll put that in the description too. And um so at the end of every episode the podcast is called um as they say, which kind of in America a lot of Americans they have slang. And then I they'd say something like um heart of like as they say, like hot of the press, and that's a slang phrase. And so at the end of the every episode we I have a German a German slang and I'm going to translate that to English and then you will have to tell me what does that, what does it mean or how, yeah, what do you think it means? And then after that, you teach me something um, in uh, U- Ugandan and then I have to guess, is that is that fair? Very fair okay <laughs> absolutely
1: um
0: okay so in german we say um there's this, uh, a phrase that says you do not you do not have all of your cups in your cupboard or in your in uh you know where you store your cups or or mugs
1: I would think it would mean you don't have every possession you should have in your custody. That's so, that's, I wish that's what it meant.
0: Because, because what it means is, Oh, you're, you're, um, something along the lines as like, you're, you're crazy, or you're, you're a little bit mental. (laughs) (laughs) So your, your translation is a lot more beautiful. (laughs) Okay. 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 (laughs) And and what, what, what
2: uh, for me? I could, but of course it. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. You go. Okay, I what I meant was uh you know, it was more of interpret what I have written. Okay, So yes. I made my own I made my own interpretation of what it would mean you not having all your cups in your cupboard. Yeah. Yeah, no, I and I
0: loved it. <laughs> 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 okay all right <laughs> and and the, in German you say I mean it's very difficult but it says um, du hast doch nicht alle Tassen im
2: Schrank that sounds scary right du hast du, no <laughs>
0: <laughs> du hast doch a German is not a pretty language. Um, oh God. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: I'm going to send you it in the chat. It sounds so good. <laughs> Close. Oh. My sister traveled to Netherlands and she was able to speak Netherlands so well. Really? after 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 about 5 i think she spent about 5 years in netherlands is she,
0: what what, is, what does she, she do, does she work there or does she study
2: no um, she studied a phd she studied a phd in computer science she oh.
1: she,
2: she was so blessed she got a, a scholarship she did her masters there and her phd from there Today she's back in Uganda. She lectures in one of the
1: universities, Makerere University. Wow! So and it, when I read, when I read what you wrote, and the pronunciation is
2: similar to what she used to speak, yeah. though the other was the Danish, the Dutch language, and uh, this is Germany.
0: Yeah, what's interesting is that the Dutch so they speak often perfect English, and they also speak German. They understand German, but Germans do not understand the Dutch. Um, But Mm. but what do you what do you have um, for me that I can learn so when I come greet your children and I take over your job because I love it so much and I want to get as many hugs as you do every day um what can i say what can i what can i learn
2: can you read for me this that i'm writing down for you
1: yeah nu
0: nu nuagala neo How how David David, how can speaking. you read for me? It, yeah, I so I said nu nwag nuagala neo. And then David, what's you you speak into the microphone?
1: Wagala <laughs> Nio. Are we close? No, we're
2: not Dave, D- D- David David was close. Ah uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good
0: job
2: How okay does... it's it pronounces as qua quagala quagala qua quagala and yes
1: and what does it mean It means, can you guess what it means?
0: Oh yeah, I have to guess. Are you, I made you guess and I'm not, I'm guessing. Um, So, (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to cheat here. So I'm, is it like, hello, my friend?
2: No. No, okay. Unfortunately, it. Unfortunately, it means that. It means.
0: It means that I'm crazy. I love you so much. Ah. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. Okay, you. I'm. One more time. Can you say it again?
2: Quagala. Quagyo. Neo. Neo, Neo, yes all right
0: beautiful well i think this is a great ending um D- david i thank you for you know for doing this again with me you're um yeah you're a beautiful man inside out and <laughs> i'm you. so grateful people like you exist and i hope we can uh meet in uh, real life again
2: (laughs) God will help us meet (laughs) It it is roads that never meet but people are destined to meet it's for a purpose that me and you met, and we shall physically meet someday I'm looking forward to it stay simply stay safe away from areas that are affected by covid19 yeah and once it clears we shall meet definitely yeah no
0: yeah stay safe take care of your children and um yeah do what you do best absolutely all right bye bye now And we're back. Thank you for listening until the end. And I thought this was a great interview. If you're interested in volunteering, there's some information on the webpage at Childrencenter.com. And you can, if you're also interested in seeing what it's like, the daily life there, they post a lot on their social media on Instagram. And they also have Twitter, I believe. Um, but I know with traveling right now it's probably difficult to get there so you know he said $17 to feed a child for a whole month Um, that's that's insane to me and um, uh, it's interesting it's a different experience to donate Um, I donate a little bit and um, and it felt so much better to know where the where the money is going. He said, "Was like the internet bill costs eighty dollars a month, um, and then feeding the children, and yeah." So I think that's a whole different experience of donating. David, how did you how did you like meeting another David? I thought it was cool. Yeah, what did you appreciate it? What did you appreciate about about this? that he's doing something good right for 30 different children and um, yeah yeah I can just imagine having 30 of you running around here so but still I love you but anyway um, if you want to give us feedback you can send us a voice message at the anchor app and uh, we'd appreciate what you have to say. And um, goodbye. Auf Wiedersehen. Yep.
1: En Nio,
0: En Nio. <laughs> As I say, En Quagalanio. Okay, bye bye. David. Yes. Say bye bye. Oh, bye bye, everybody. And good night. Well, we don't know if we're saying goodnight Ooh. yeah this takes the cake David <laughs> alright bye <laughs>